G'day listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Keeper League podcast. We're the AFL fantasy podcast that doesn't talk about the superstars. We only talk about the lesser knowns and the players who will bring value to your draft and Keeper League teams. My name's Hef and today I am joined by the godfather, we call him, of AFL fantasy. Uh, the main man behind the traders and DT Talk. Welcome to the podcast, Warney. How are you mate? Hey Hef, yeah, well, thanks. Hope you're uh, cruising along all right. Not a few, not too many weeks to go of the season. Yeah, I think you're probably a bit like me, where uh, this part, although it's probably still a bit more relevant for you guys because you've got trades to make, you've got hat chases and stuff like that. For us, we've got a lot of people that are um, out of their finals, so they're not listening anymore. Or we've got some people that are their their trade deadlines are closed and waiver wires are shut out and things like that. So um, probably a bit different. But how's your end of season going? Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the, the season finishing. It's been a long one. We we start up in December, basically, so it's sort of a, a big stint to get through to here. And obviously, Classic is good because it is a almost an all-year-round thing, but all season long, you've got something to do. And we've recorded our podcast this morning and had a bit of fun with that still, and that's, a, that's the beauty of it. But talking about Keeper Leagues, though, we, uh, we had our prelim final on the weekend because we finish up grand final next week and I went down by five points in it absolutely shattered about that so the uh, the end of the season is uh, I'm very keen for that to end because the classic side hasn't gone any good and my main keeper league is game over as well now <laughs> well that's heartbreaking to hear mate but uh, well just give us a bit of a rundown of your keeper league team I guess who's in it who are your stars um, who are your letdowns all that sort of stuff so interesting, um, we sort of did this as a breakaway of our main um, Bacon Cup year-to-year or yearly um, draft league. So that's been something we've gone, we must be in season four of this now. Um, and so my, so we've only got eight of us in it, which is interesting. I've never sort of done a draft league that um, that small before, but we went with a, a squad of 30 each um, playing an 18 on field. So teams look pretty good. That's probably the biggest part of it. Um, but it's also meant that... Um, meant that that whole waiver thing's been pretty interesting in the sense of who you're playing off your bench. But waivers, what we've done is put them off, but we have a mid-season draft. So yeah. we don't um, we do not do any um, any jumping on the free agents at all, which is <laughs> can be interesting because it does make for that um, an exciting time to see who's been left there um, and who you want for that mid-season draft where we uh, drop two and pick up two each. So we go through a, a little mini draft of 16 players mid-season. Um, I'd like to expand that, actually. I think um, even to be in line with the DPPs coming out might be a good way to good way to go with that because it does act, add that extra little bit to it. Um, trading, we have a few trades in our league, but we don't have a heap. But my team, my, my sort of stars, I went in this season, there was a few interesting um, holding keeps that I had. Jack Zebel was one of them. And then there was a pre-season to talk about him basically uh, going back to defence. And I thought, oh, I've got to, keep him now because I am pretty light on with my forwards. <laughs> so um, he was one of my stars, but it's just a, a tale of two halves yep. of the season for him, really. And um, that's probably where I've, I've come unstuck a little bit at the end. And at the end of the season, if he was available and, well, not the sub, for example, I probably would have won that game in the end. So, um, yeah, that's where I'm at. But my stars, see, I'm, I loaded up fairly well in the midfield. So I've got Merritt, Steele, um, Darcy Parrish there. So yep. they're sort of... Um, holding that down and my back line has been pretty good all the way through um, Jordan Dawson having him but that's obviously going to be an issue for next year um, as well 
I would say a mid only. I don't think there's going to be any other um, yep. any other place for him. But Mason Redmond's been a, a winner there in defence as well, especially even like watching the Bombers on the weekend with what they were able to do. Um, had a few. Uh, my kids are, are not too bad, so I've got a couple of good ones. Ruben Jimby's probably the, the one out of this year that'll be sort of the future for that. Yep. But, you know, sort of playing a couple there in a Seamus Mitchell um, floating through because his scores have been fairly solid. But I've probably got a fairly stacked side without too many kids at the moment that's something that um my side's looking all right with you know i've got english as my ruck and nank as my um a bench and my emergency <laughs> which has been an interesting one with that yeah. too for this season is so yeah not too bad um i would just like to uh invest in some forwards if i can but no one wants to give any of them up i did dangle <laughs> nank out there for a decent forward um but yeah no good i was i was very close to getting bailey smith for nank which would have been an absolute win because i think uh, baz lank will probably hold his forward status yep. so that would be a win. But, yeah, that's my side. But knocked out in the prelim, so not good enough. Um, five points, bloody hell. Kicking a handball. Anyway. Yeah, I've had a few losses like that this year. Um, I actually secured uh, a top six berth in our league on the weekend. Um, nice. But I've had like a – I think I've had a few bad beats this year where if like one of them would have gone my way, I would have be, I'd be sitting top at the moment. So that's how um, tight our league is at the moment. But, uh, yeah, good to get the win, good to get finals. Um, and then there's a few interesting matchups this week in our league that are going to be exciting. But uh, we won't talk about my league too much because I feel like we talk about it every week. Um, <laughs> we'll get into some plugs before we start. Have you got around this uh, footygrid.com, Warney? I have. Oh, Dossie slid into the DMs yep. and have a look at this and it was <laughs> bloody good. I thought this is uh, very fun because obviously seen the format before, yeah. but I do like the take and the, the take on it with, you know, the um, trying to pick those unique players. Yeah, and absolutely. It does get your brain racking. I think that's a, that's a side of it. Although I do want to look at his formula because I've had a few where I've got too many points I reckon for how uh, rare that bloke might have been so yeah, uh, yeah it's lots of fun and it's just added to uh, well he's got his smug chicken yep. and um, <laughs> and those other games that you might do when you wake up in the morning yep. um, I'm still actually rocking with Wordle these still days going, but yeah. I think this is this is um, sitting on top of that now it's the first one I've gone to these last couple of days it's been good fun just uh, racking your brain and especially for you know a, a bloke that's starting to get older than me hopefully I'll be able to pull out a, a few of those rare ones to get those those lower points. Well, apparently they have fixed up. There was a bit of a bug with the rarity uh, thing, so apparently they right. fixed that up as of today. So if you haven't done today's one, uh, that should be a little bit better, apparently. So... Yes, I was actually holding off on today's yep. because I wouldn't mind making a little video of it and uh, seeing how that goes <laughs> no, dear. online because I've seen right, your uh, stuff there. Another plug I guess we'll do is um, well, we're both partners with uh, Game Day Squad this year, so how have you been enjoying uh, that platform? Yeah, it's good fun. I think, um, well, all parts of it are really fun. Probably the, the little 90s kid that I am is opening up my packs of cars and the excitement you get from that and, and what you're thinking about that. But then obviously building a squad and, and seeing what you can do and then and having a go on the um, on the transfer market as well. It's pretty fun. Uh, it's a great concept. I think it's something I'd love more people to be involved with because it's great conversation sort of yeah. thing. And, and when you get your packs of cars and you're opening them up, that's been a really fun part. We're doing that in our live shows that we've done. And yeah, it's, it's an exciting thing to be doing. And I think that's where it might grab a lot of people if you haven't jumped on it's worth jumping on because it's free and you can go on and and get it all happening yeah no it is good fun um i actually finished 11th again or finished in the top 22 weeks in a row now and i've uh i don't know if you've been catching them but i've been doing a live stream every wednesday night where i'm uh, yeah. opening packs and then giving them away and uh recently i've been giving away anything that i um anything that i win 
this week. So I've got another unique pack to give nice. away this week on the live stream. So for those people who listen to this and tune into that, uh, make sure you jump on Wednesday because there's another yeah, unique pack to give away. But yeah, game day squad, mm-hmm. uh, create, coach, and compete. It's fun, free, and easy. Head to uh, gamedaysquad.com.au, open some packs, and start making your team. Anyways, let's get into the show. Uh, we'll start off with the uh, most relevant names of the week, and then we'll get into some questions uh, later on. But we'll talk about your bombers first up. Um, how have you recovered? You <laughs> feeling okay? Not, <laughs> can we not really talk about the bombers in general? Because it's game over now, unfortunately. the uh, That eight's too tight. But it's all about fantasy. It's all yeah. about the points those defenders can rack up. 100%. So we'll give a few tip of the caps to start off with. Um, yeah, your defenders, uh, Jaden Laverde, 138 points. Um, Jake Kelly, 116 points. And even Brendan Zerk Thatcher, uh, 84 points. Out of the guys that aren't uh, too good for the podcast, those guys absolutely racked up. Um, one of those games where you... You were chopping out across halfback a lot early and those guys mm. were um, picking up. But then it got to a point where you weren't really attacking. You couldn't really attack either and the ball was being chipped around a lot as well. So it was kind of like the perfect um, cocktail or the perfect recipe for disaster for the fantasy players and defense. What's your take on it all? Any of those interest you or is it just like the circumstance of this game? Yeah, I think it's a bit of a streaming type thing. Um, it's, it was just a yeah, the perfect storm, I guess. Under the roof is always a win there. Um, the Bulldogs seem to be doing that now, letting letting points there, and that's the only because the Bombers couldn't attack. That's what they had to do, I guess. And even seeing guys like Andy McGrath getting amongst it, um, going putting my classic hat on. I traded him out two weeks ago, and I think he's averaging about a hundred in the last yeah. three weeks. So not a uh, not a great move there, but that's pretty much the story of it and that's even part of the reason um also i've got zach merritt and made him my vc for my keeper as well and um yeah that just didn't happen i thought that he could have been amongst that because he would without looking at stats and finding them all deeply he would get a lot of those marks in the back half because you feel like he gets out on those 45s and gets those there but yeah so that he wasn't to be in that it was just literally the defenders and the real defenders that were racking up so yeah it's a bit of a stream thing um any of those guys there i don't think i'd be full-on launching into them but um uh Laverty, he might be someone that you could actually if you could grab him um he might actually have some some value for the rest of the season is that uh, to do with ridley being out or is there anyone that you think might come out of the twos as well that might replace him yeah, well, that's the thing. I reckon Ridley, he'll be gone, I think, for a little while with that quad. It looked pretty sore to him. So, um, yeah, I get, it'll depend on what they do. Like, I don't know if they – they probably won't go with a Baldwin experiment. Like, they brought him in for a game, I think it was, earlier in the season um, when they needed some stocks in defence. But, um, yeah, I think that those guys there with your Redmonds, your Zerk Thatcher's sort of now locked into the side. I'm, I wouldn't be touching him either, though, because I think he can be dumped as quickly as anyone as well in the side. But, yeah, that's – that's probably where it's looking at for me. Laverty is probably the best of them. Yeah, damn. I know he's a, kind of a different type of player, but I was hoping you were telling me that uh, Massimo D'Ambrosio was going to get a gig this week. I think he top scored for Essendon in the in the twos. He this week. Yeah, he can't be far away. It's just, I guess, the role that they can have him playing because he's, um, yeah, that's. I'm just, I'm just confused about what they will do with him. He's yeah. probably the biggest thing for that. But he's probably one to watch. Check teams on Thursday night, and if he's there and available, it's worth jumping on. All right, we'll move on to just uh, the couple of dogs players. Anyone's want to talk about uh, Aaron Norton and Jamara Uglehagen? They're just becoming good for an eighty kind of every second week right now because they're you know winning enough and kicking enough goals and things like that. They do enough. I've been pretty hot on Jamara Uglehagen the last few weeks. I just think he's going to be a solid scorer going forward. Not a superstar, but I think he's going to be that 70 to 80 type um, key forward that 
you know, are the top top area area of the the key forward range. And I think he's going to be one of them. So he's just one I'd recommend just stashing for a while. What are your thoughts? I like him a lot, actually. Just even watching him, like he just takes grabs. He yeah. looks confident doing it. I think that's he, – he's just really coming of age this year. Yep. Considering his slow start to his career, a lot of time in the Magoos before he really got a gig and all that sort of stuff. He's just he's just a big, solid lad. And I, that's what I like about it. I think we might see some of these guys that can push up a little bit like he can and just – take those marks because what did he have on the weekend he had he had seven on Friday night so you know if he's got a key forward doing that then with the chance to kick some snags so he kicked three goals in that one but um yeah I yeah I like him and he's just one of those guys that you want to have and he'll be filling out that f4 or five spot for the rest of his career for you yeah I 100% agree yeah he's the type of player that you want to have in the lower end of your forward line I think because yeah they'll always keep forward status and they'll always score around the 70 mark for you um, alright we'll move on to one of the Saturday games first up uh, that was the Richmond Hawthorne game um, a few to talk about in this one uh, Jack Graham had 107 points and he actually had 18 C- 18% of the CBA sorry and which was his most since round 3 given that he's a forward I think he piques a bit of people's interest I personally think this game just suited him with the conditions because he had eight tackles. Did you see this game at all? Didn't get to see it. I listened to it and uh, have an interest in Jack Martin because he is sitting in my uh, keeper league as well, yeah. So, um, which has been a frustrating own. So I couldn't back him in to be a player to really look at. But, yeah, I, I assume that that's how it sort of rolled for him. It was just one of those games he, he got the, that little bump in the gut. So that's something outside of what would normally happen for him. Yeah, for sure. One I am more interested in, though, is Jack Ross. Um, had 105 points, playing more of a halfback role, mm. well, at least this week. I'm not sure if it happened last week. I didn't see the game. But that, that's someone I'm much more interested in because – We've watched him over the last two or three years. We've been talking about him on the podcast and just more of that kind of outside winger type. Was getting a few inside gigs here and there, but wasn't in the side long when he was doing them. I think he's suited perfectly across the halfback flank. What are your thoughts? Do you think he can develop into something there or is there already too many kind of mouths to feed in that Richmond defence? Yeah, he's always been someone that's uh, piqued our interest a bit on... um as a fantasy player, I guess, across the years and just been waiting for it. And we see patches at times, but this role could be the one that could work for him, I reckon. Um, seven marks for him on the weekend. That's that's what you're going to be wanting to see. Um, I always sort of think about that, though. 27 touches, seven marks. You feel like that could have been a bit more than a and a 105. Yeah. So, um, But, yeah, you do talk about the the mouse defeat in the back line. I guess Rioli was uh, tagged, tagged yeah. out of it there. He had um, McGuinness on him. So I'm assuming that's probably where he probably got a bit of a bump in his scores there. But Ross has got a fantasy game when um, that's what we've liked about him. Um, we just haven't seen it come through. So, yeah, it's a if you can jump on him and grab him, yep, go for it. But I think it's um, one of those ones that you might just have to wait to see it play out a little bit and see what the new regime may look like yeah, for the Tigers because that's the other side of it as well, not knowing exactly where that is. But who knows, McWilder could end up getting the gig mm. and, and being there. Yeah, no, fair enough. Um, no, I do think that's a, a valid call to wait and see what happens. But, you know, the signs are there. Um, moving yeah. on to some Hawthorne players. Mitch Lewis is a gun, isn't he? Uh, he is. I, you like watching him, don't you? He's just, um, yeah. He's, that's another player, a bit like Hugo Hagen. Yep. That confidence is growing, and um, he's there. I've been a big fan. We get to see a few Hawthorne games here in in Tassie. You sort of see him. He's just got a bit of a presence out there. So I think that um, yeah, what to kick four goals? I think yep. it was on the weekend. So nine um, points. Yeah, that's 
if you can be if you can be doing that, that's always a, a positive thing. And again, a bit like Hugo Hagen, sit him there at your F four or F five, and and hopefully that's a that's a win for you for the rest of the year. Hundred percent agree. Or the rest of yeah, the someone, rest of his career. Yeah. I should be saying. Hundred percent. No, I do agree <laughs> with that one. Um, Chad Wingard is a player that's kind of playing for his career at the moment. I guess I'm sure he's got some value somewhere, but I think he wants another contract with Hawthorne and there. I'm in an iron. I've heard a few rumours that he might be on the trade block as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, he had 85 points. Was he last year? Three goals to his name. He had an 85 last week without scoring a goal as well. Would he be someone you consider if he was available on a waiver wire or something? Uh, can I tell you that in our mid-season draft, yeah. uh, redraft, yep, I dumped him. So <laughs> he was one that he was in the twos, um, couldn't have him. But yeah, I guess his his value would be low. He would be available on a lot of waivers, and with the Ford status, he's going to keep that. That's the other side of it. But yeah, it's just that risk of either going. What's twenty twenty four going to look like for him? That's a um, that's probably a concern there. But I don't know. I guess if he's available. They're probably blokes that you're going to be delisting anyway, so jump on. Yeah, and if he's at a new club as well, like they'll be picking him up for a reason if he goes there. They won't be picking up to it's make. Wh- and it's worth the risk for yeah. that, isn't it? That's the thing. It's um, yeah, it's it is definitely worth the risk. Um, well, you spoke before about uh, the Finn McGuinness tag going to Rioli this week. Who do you think he goes to against St Kilda? My thoughts might be the Nazai Wanganee Millera, but what do you think? <laughs> Putting classic hat on that'd be good because he's been burning me a couple <laughs> yeah, of weeks yeah. recently. He's just he gets plenty of the ball and he just moves and spreads so well. Wanganee Miller, but um, I think that yeah, that's probably where it's going to go. It's probably that sort of thing. Uh, I don't know where else. Like, would he go to Sinclair? Is that another, that's another option yeah, to be looking? Be. Depends so, if he's in the yeah. midfield or not. My thoughts is just that he's yeah. been usually going on those halfback flankers. Halfback, yeah. yep. So it could be Sinclair, probably one yeah. of those two. I kind of wanted to go to Miller yep. just for a matchup in uh, our league, but uh, maybe that's just weird. <laughs> yeah, thinking. well, I'll, I'll be quite happy to barrack against that with you. <laughs> um, all right, on to the, uh, I guess, the shit show that was uh, Carlton versus West Coast <laughs> Eagles. A uh, few players to talk about here. Um, Charlie Kerno, 146 points with his 10 goals. That's 19 goals versus West Coast this season. Amazing. That's crazy. Um, I think when you think about what the Coleman Medal race looks like, and he's got nineteen goals yeah, from two, two games. games against the same club. That's where we talk about inequity of the uh, fixture yeah. in general. But for uh, awards like the Coleman Medal, I think that you uh, you've got a bit of a free kick or, or nineteen of them if you um, are doing that against the Eagles. Yeah, it makes a good case for the. Um, I guess maybe just not the Coleman Medal, but for the, the fixture in general is the wild card round that's potentially coming in. But we won't get into that because there's some fierce debate that yeah. on Twitter. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Don't uh, you know, fan any flames there. We're not here for that. <laughs> um, but I guess the key message is just stream your key forwards against West Coast. Um, we said, you know, you say Charlie Kerner had 19 goals against West Coast. I reckon Tex Walker is a good chance for 20 goals against them when he yeah. plays them in round 24. So, um, well, what do you have? He had, did he have 10 against 10, them yeah. in, um, that, yeah, last game. So, yeah, yeah it's pretty exciting you know. to have that. That's a, another one to be looking forward to your uh, your fantasy finals. I reckon Tex is probably already snavelled up by most people in draft leagues in general. But we can that see one. that being a, a, a big, a big final game. <laughs> um, Brody Kemp has just been impressive this year since coming into the side. Like, he's up and down like a bit of a yo-yo, and it depends on, like, the specific role he plays week to, uh, week, to week. But 97 points this week, 11 marks. He absolutely loves an intercept mark. Um, yeah, and, t- and a contested mark as well. He can take a half decent grab too. I think it's just a streaming option, um, depending on the on the matchups. I guess West Coast is a nice one for him, but he's probably someone who's available. He's available on a lot of wave wise, and he's one to just think about if you need a defender. I reckon. Um, 
We couldn't go past talking about Paddy Dow either on this podcast. Um, <laughs> 75 points, 22 CVAs, kicked the goal. Um, you, I think he's got no hope with uh, – got Cripps and who else is coming in? Um, Chera coming in. Chera coming um, back in this week. Yeah, yeah. do you think uh, he's any chance of holding on there? Uh, well, I guess the other one too that um, is oh, – well, the thing that could help him is Walsh is likely to be out with that hamstring. Well, that's true, so yeah. It may save him, but – I did look at the um, match report afterwards and it had the injury list on there and it said Dow TBC. Okay. So, they, so there might be some something there for Dow or is that just letting him down softly to be dropped? <laughs> just giving I him think, an excuse. when the other guys come back, it might be one of those there. So, uh, yeah, that's a, it's a tough thing. Like, we all know that Paddy Dow can score um, and he's that plug and play. It's just because he's whatever number banana he is yeah. in that team, he just comes in when he's needed. I wish he was uh, putting up the scores he was putting in, in the twos as he was in the in the ones. Yeah, but exactly. Anyway. Uh, if he's on the, tra- on the trading block too, which I think he's still got a contract, but he would be one that would love a, another home, I reckon. Yeah, and there might be a few clubs interested in him as well. Um, Andrew Gaff, since uh, being what relegated to the vest, was it last week or the week before? Um, yeah, no, it was last week. And then week. came on yeah. and, yeah, racked him up. So he dominated. <laughs> he had 109 this week. He's playing for his career probably. Could we rely on him going forward from this point onwards in the season? If you want a one-word answer, no. <laughs> but... Uh, I think he's definitely worth it because we know what he can do. Like, he's actually can score well. It's just that, like, playing a wing role is volatile at times. But um, with what he's needed, he might have some time. He's at contest. That's the that's the thing that he's looked like in those last couple of weeks anyway. So, um, yeah. No is the answer. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, think, what, what yeah, we, we, we just, can't forget what we saw in the first half of the season. So, unfortunately. And, and, it, could, and it could be career over too. Like, I don't know, I'm no list manager or whatever, but it's been pretty average this year. And if they were being ruthless and need to need to work hard and do their cuts at the Eagles, like, he'd have to be close to that. Yeah. The only thing is they might save him is just he might be a cheap pickup option for a club that needs mm. an outside type. But even then, I don't think he's any guarantee to get a game. He might be a break glass um, in case of emergency type for another club. But we'll wait and see what happens there. But I think you're right. I wouldn't be relying on him at the moment. Um, just got a tip of the cap to Callum Archie. Had 104 points um, playing forward uh, this time, but kicked a goal in that game. Took a few marks around the place as well and scored okay. Darcy Wilmot, we've talked about heaps this year, but mm. he probably went of his better scores of the year. Um, 90 points. Him playing off that halfback flank is a lot better than playing off the wing, I think, and that's been better for his fantasy yep. scoring. And a similar type player is Connor McKenna at 87 points. Um, I guess just against Geelong at the moment, uh, they, those defenders were scoring okay. Um, but yeah, Connor McKenna is another one who's just good for a 60 most weeks for the bench cover. A player I do like for the future is Jasper Fletcher, um, 76 points. Don't love his role for the future, but um, he looks like a, a player that could go a long way for the uh, Brisbane Lions. Don't you agree? Yeah, definitely. It's, it's exciting to watch. You'd be pretty happy. The I don't know, you're looking at those lines and what they're building there with their squad and with their side. Like even the fact that Neil and Dunkley, their two premium midfielders, are um, yeah, the, from other clubs. And then you, you put your Will Ashcroft, which is obviously the sad news with his ACL on the weekend. But um, they've built this sort of thing. And Fletcher will probably end up there at some point though. Um, but the way he plays, the way he runs, he's just... He's exciting. It's just going to be that you have some down weeks, I reckon, across the across the early part of his career. I think. Yeah, no, nah, I definitely agree. Speaking of um, Will Ashcroft, um, what a, a notice. Well, who do you think comes in for Will Ashcroft anyway? 
What's your gut feel? Do they just go lions and just go? This is the um, the simple thing, like the um, just a, a midfielder. Yeah, that's what that I'm thinking. Oh, the reason it. why I ask is just the um, the lions owner in our uh, group chat was the first one to go. Oh, Will Ashcroft. That's that's sad. That's really sad news um, that has come out. <laughs> I was wondering if you noticed anything similar in your group chats or your leagues. Uh, yeah, Calvin, <laughs> pretty much. He was, um, yeah, not always, real good, uh, yeah, always someone, isn't it? That's, always a sicko out there. Yeah, there is, and it's um, and it's where a lot of our brains go to sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> not even, not even on a sicko way. You just got to, yeah, you just got to think about me now. So you've got to be thinking. I don't know whether a Devin Robinson, um, but I just feel like with where the lines are, and again, I'm no expert on the game, but do they just? Um, do they just go a plug and a play is what lines can be. Like he came in a couple of weeks ago and obviously scored pretty well fantasy-wise, but played pretty well and played his role for the team. So that's probably the simple one that they go for. Yeah, I think you're right. It's going to be between one of those two, I think, Dev Rob and um, Lions. But I think, yeah, they might go with the more experienced option um, who's actually got the job done in the past for him. Um, all right, under some Geelong. Only one Geelong players is just Jack Bowes. Um, he had 78 points. It's just good to see him back across the halfback, kind of getting a consistent role. And I guess you just take those kind of high 70s, low 80 scores he's uh, dishing up at the moment. Um Lachlan Schultz, we'll move on to the next game. This is a Fremantle-Sydney game. Lockie Schultz is our boy on this podcast. One of those players that's going to be never too good for the podcast, but one we just really enjoy watching, so we talk about him a lot. Um, <laughs> but yeah, 101 points for him, four goals. Did you see this game at all, Warney? I was flicking between, um, yeah. I'm a, uh, a Callum Mills owner and was wanting to see what he looked like out on that wing. But yeah, kept seeing Freo. Like they, Fremantle, as much as they got beaten, and I think they, there's a lot of doomsday stuff that could be said about them, but they weren't too bad, I didn't think, the Dockers and the way they were um, moving the ball um, in the game. So yeah, Schultz being able to kick four is obviously a big thing against the Swans as well. Yeah, 100%. Oh, the reason why I ask is just um, Luke Jackson scored the 88 points. Sydney kind of notably aren't playing with a ruck at the moment unless they brought someone in this week, but uh, I don't think they did. Um, so Hickey, Laddams and uh, McAndrew all not playing. So yeah, I was expecting like, probably a bigger like, score from him. That's yeah, all. same. And he was like, again, talking classic, like he was on my radar to be watching pretty closely for um, to see how that would look because it looks like Darcy there hasn't been any news since late last week when they said that he might go in for surgery and it could be season over and if that's the case obviously that's a huge thing for um, Jackson but as well thinking keeper like he's he's holding his forward status for next year as well so um, I would assume he's snapped up by most um, teams in your leagues but he could be one to target especially too if they if they work out what they're going to do with this ruck setup, like you know in the off-season, could Darcy end up somewhere else? It's just a matter of what their stocks look like deeper down um, for Frio to be able to really go in with that. But, yeah, I expected a bigger score. Um, he still had 43 hit-outs, so, like, that's pretty massive considering um, the Swans had, would they have? Uh, would they have their 30, 31 hit-outs in total? Yeah, so, yeah between the two of their um, yeah. Yeah, and so Tracy was the only... Um, bloke in support or the only one that got hit outs anyway for the Dockers with that. So he had obviously that big ruck roll. Um, forward status is very handy. You wouldn't, you'd hopefully got a better ruck than that, but yeah. he has, see, I think at the moment. 
Yeah, and hopefully, like he most likely hold that forward status into next season as well. I think he's hasn't yeah. had enough CBAs to actually, or you know, time um, started at the uh, ruck to actually kind of cancel that out. So, yeah, owners will be pretty happy, and I guess you would hope that that trade does go through. Um, maybe Sean Darcy goes somewhere else, but only time will tell. Uh, another tip of the t- uh, tip of the cap, sorry, it goes to Sam Switkowski, uh, eighty four points. He had sixteen touches, seven marks, and four tackles in a goal. But don't expect him to do that every week. That's all. Um, Braden Campbell is a player that I've always liked since his draft year. I thought he had something special about him. He's moved up onto the wing uh, in the last six weeks or so. Um, had 95 points in the weekend. His scores are hit and miss, but I guess wing scores in general are hit and miss. But um, that Sydney defence is crowded, so I probably prefer him playing there. Long term, do you think he can lift higher than that, though? Yeah, you'd like to. Like he was obviously one, you know, when you, I think he must have been around the start of our startup keeper, I guess, just thinking or one of those early drafts going, yep, he could be one of those guys based on what he was like as a junior. But yeah, it's just the swans. You just need to really get that crystal ball out and see what the transition of those guys are. And the issue is that, yeah, some of those, some of those, um, players, you know, Sheldrick, if he's there, he's probably gone ahead of him um, as a player, whether that's wing or even inside. Um, And that's the the tough ones to look at. Like, does he settle as a halfback? Does he look at that when that defence changes? Because I think the Swans' um, back line is going to be one of their biggest um, changing things in the next two to three years, you'd say, obviously, Lloyd and Rampy and then what's happening with the McCartans and all that sort of stuff. So that's where he might settle in and which is obviously, hopefully, going to be be the thing. But it's going to take its time, though. You know, that's a couple of years before you can really think that is. But, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yep. All right, uh, something to think about there for um, some Sydney players. We'll move on to the heartbreaking loss for Port Adelaide. Uh, listen to the um, listen to the post uh, lockout podcast last night on the DT Talk Patreon. You guys didn't seem that upset about Port losing. What's the What's the go there? <laughs> yeah, were you there? <laughs> was that the game? Yeah, I was at the game. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it would have been great to great atmosphere for it, but um, yeah, no, it's not a bad thing when Port Adelaide is, which is a terrible <laughs> thing. Is thinking that we're almost on the side of Collingwood there. I yeah. think uh, if Port taken over Collingwood is a uh, in your in your likability scale. It's well, a sad if thing. that's the case, I don't mind that to be honest. I um, <laughs> yeah. I tend to always go for clubs that are hated anyway, so it kind of fits me uh, my persona perfectly anyway. Um, <laughs> but yeah, a few players, uh, yeah, and this game that were um, good to look at. Um, I guess the first one's Willem Drew. So it's another game, and I felt like this happened a lot. Um, these contested type players were got a lot of good weather for them this weekend where um, there was lots of tackles and things like that happening, slippery conditions, things like that. But he went to uh, Dacos and to Goey and did a pretty good job on both of them. Um, but yeah, 117 points in the process, and that came with 16 tackles. Tackles. Yeah, um, He's been a loophole option for the guy who owns him in our um, league. He's basically like the M8 option. Um, has him on the bench and loops him on every second or third week when he puts up a score like this. So he's definitely a good one to have when he does it. But I just feel so nervous starting him on the field. That's all. Um, yeah. Another player, another player that was dropped, I think, last week but had a good game was Ryan Burton. Um, so he had 92 points, 
got that halfback role back. He's been up forward a bit this year. He's been doing a few random things. Um, I think they just need to settle him in to something and kind of keep him there. But he did himself uh, no harm on the weekend by playing a game like this. So Ryan Burton's another one to think about. Um, Sam Powell Pepper's my boy, 82 points, two goals. And I still feel nervous about fielding him every week, but I don't have many options in the forward line. Um, the one I'm really liking at the moment, though, is Xavier Dersma. Um, 75 points in a game that didn't really suit wingers. Um, he had 85 last week against Carlton as well and he's available on a lot of wave wires at the moment. We, um, I think I may have mentioned this on the podcast last week but we ran a few numbers working out like the depth of say M1, M2, M3, M4 all the way through for every um, line and we came up with M7 is the hardest um, place on the field to, to field in draft. So I think if you're running with someone like Xavier Dersmar yeah M7 if he can keep putting up numbers like this he could be a good shout. Yeah, he's going to continue just being that winger, though, isn't he? That's probably yep. his thing. If you can add a goal like he did, you got the bow and arrow out again on the <laughs> weekend, so that was good to yeah. see. But, um, but yeah, that's you've just got to know that's what you're rolling with, don't you? That yeah. you've, you've got this outside player and you, you take the good with the bad. Yeah, that's it. Um, we'll move on to Sunday. So um, Connor Iden had 94 points. He's been serviceable across half back. Um, I think he's a player that's just worth owning for handy cover because he can have games like this where he takes, you know, eight, nine, ten marks as well. A um, bit more of that defensive type. And I know there's a few other um, players that are a bit more fantasy friendly across that GDS half back line. But they kind of do feed each other a little bit as well. So these types of players, so probably not a bad one to think about. Do you have any thoughts on Connor Iden? Uh, yeah, he's just amongst those marks. That was a big thing for him. But um, you can also see there Sam Taylor had 10 and yeah. big Harry Himmelberg had 12 as well. So the sort of big numbers there for those guys, even Whitfield is sort of the more running guy there, had um, had nine as well. So yeah, Iden is, again, a bit of an exciting player to have and to watch, I reckon, but he'd be one of those take the good with the bad type dudes as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a tip of the cap to Brent Daniels. Our listeners don't like this because they, I, f- I feel like maybe this was fed by Kay's um, on the pod. He was, he was well and truly, Brent Daniels was well and truly one of his boys. And there was all this kind of expectation, I think, that he'd take his game to another level. He's a bit of a role player, Brent Daniels. So I'm, I'm still tipping the cap to him. Um, yeah, but people love him, I think, just because he's a battler and he gets that odd midfield stint from week to week. Um, but yeah, two goals this week, scored him the 86 points. It was uh, nice to see, but just a tip of the cap for now. Sam Taylor, though, is in some absolute ripping form. So I think he's gone close to 80 three or four weeks in a row now. And again, 10 marks, as you mentioned before. How do you, how would you feel about making him too good for the podcast? It feels wrong, doesn't it? Yeah, it's just that sort of the big defensive guy that he is. Like he is the traditional fullback, isn't he? But I guess that's that's a thing that's changed in the game a little bit as well. But anytime you can be taking double figure marks, I think you are fantasy relevant and therefore you might get close to that too good for the pod because if you've got him, you're probably not getting rid of him and it's going to be hard to get him off yeah. someone as well, I think at the moment. That said, he's only 13.8% owned as of this morning, so, um, or as of yeah, last right. night, actually. So, um, yeah, might uh, might still be available for some. I wouldn't like rolling him out in field because he's just as likely to put up like a 40 next week. But yeah, The worst part about it, too, I think, and that's without looking at fixtures, you feel like um, the Giants have games later in the round all the time as well, yeah. so it's sort of not that stream, yeah, they're not the, um, the looping option that you you might want him to be. Yep, 100%. Uh, a guy that I'd have no problem starting on field right now, though, is um, Sam Flanders. 110 points. What do you make of his role? Does it continue going forward? What are your thoughts? Again, this is a bit of like one of those new regimes and what it's going to look like for him because at the moment he's uh, 
Well, he was before Drew was gone as well. So it looks like that's what his role is. He's in the guts. He's pretty much what it is. Like, I don't know what his CBAs were. I need to have a probably look at that one. To I think he was right up there. Like. But it was just, he's a midfielder and that's what it is. Like more of that than the forward. Like if you're going to call him a, a mid forward, it is mid forward, not a forward mid. So that's what he definitely is now. And I think, um, yeah, and this fantasy classic add on as well, what he's done in those last few weeks with the, the cash gen that he's done. Yep. Yeah. It's just been awesome. And I think it might be now finally what we've seen of him. Because what is he, three years into the system? Yeah, I think that's about right. Yeah. I reckon I had him in my uh, classic trades all week last week, and then when Laird got injured, I went sideways to Sarong. And yeah, sucks, doesn't it? Would have been better. Have plans. <laughs> it's, been, it's been that sort of season, hasn't it? Where you Absolutely. Have these plans all the way through, and it does relate to your keeper as well because you might be looking at that, and then you just ended up fielding who you have to field. That's yep. what I've felt like a little bit there. You go, you try to crunch some numbers over some um, some bench and bench players, and you go, yep, yeah, no, they're going to have to play anyway. Yeah. Um, moving on, Jack Lacoche has had 101 points, three goals. Again, going to be a good uh, maybe F4, 5 kind of option one day. It's just a bit unreliable for my liking, and that's just purely Gold Coast factor, I think, and how um, beaten, how badly beaten they get uh, on a week-to-week basis. One guy I'm loving at the moment, my mid-season draftee was uh, the rat, Rory Atkins. Um, wow. He's had three tons in a row, and that actually makes him qualifies, auto-qualifies for too good for the podcast. Could you believe that at the start of this year unbelievable really <laughs> uh, and it's hard to believe too and again sorry for the classic talk no, that's fine. think about what he did around the buys there when you picked up these gold coast players thinking yep in a time of need you can get them to do something i think he had a 30 in there but yeah this is what he's doing and this is what he looked like you know in those few weeks prior to the buys oh he's got a bit of a role here that's working for him and and it was probably a little bit about job security job security is not too much of an issue at the moment either now looking at that because yeah three times in a row massive return from the rat yeah and that's with um i think weller's had uh, go yeah. surgery again so we don't have to worry about him coming back and taking a spot um bit of time. yeah he's going all right at the moment and he just plays it's probably the it's probably the biggest gap between like good football and fantasy football. <laughs> I think like he's, a lot of his touches don't actually. I guess they would they they'd find him important, but I just it seems when I'm watching him, he'll like maybe take a kick out from the back pocket and then hit the back pocket and then pop over to the next hole and take that one and then chip it forward. It's like he's involved in all these chains, but they don't end up damaging the opposition. It's just like they'll go to him if there's no one else to go to type thing, and he's just always in that spot. There it is, like, um, in saying that too, his efficiency looked pretty good on the weekend too with 86%. Yeah, um, but that's but the thing, like, he's just popping over yeah, the top to the next it's just not doing. Yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not damaging, yeah, actually. Yeah, exactly. Gained. Oh, I still had 730 metres gained. So. Yeah, no, that doesn't surprise me either, but, like, because, yeah, it just keeps kind of just pushing it, tipping it over forward, but I don't know, it just feels like it doesn't end up being super damaging I must admit yeah. I didn't watch this game super closely the old Sunday lunch games are pretty hard it's, but, uh, yeah. yeah it's not a uh, not a matchup that was No, I did listen to a bit of on the radio driving back from my parents' house and the atmosphere sounded pretty uh, dismal. Um, 
Will Powell, though, speaking of guys who are too good for the podcast, we're going to have to throw Will Powell in the same boat. Um, so he's been averaging 92.5 since the buy. That is the exact moment I traded him out in Classic as well. So another one of those buy around plays. Everyone went Atkins early, and I was like, I'm going to buck the trend here. I'm going to go different. I'm going to go with Will Powell because I reckon he's a more established player. He's due for that kind of breakout, and Atkins was the better option at <laughs> that point. But now he's finally actually done something, and yeah, he seems like the main kind of uh, he, he takes a lot of marks in defence but then he's a kind of good user of the ball too to distribute that footy as well so he's a player that Gold Coast like the footy in his hands I get the impression so I'm more than happy to make him too good for the podcast um, another tip of the cap Sam Collins 84 points uh, 11 marks and Mac Andrew is an interesting one like I'm never ever going to pick a player like him in a keeper league draft it's just that kind of tall um, defender but he does some pretty nice things um but he also like he can take a, like an awesome mark something like that. But then he'll stuff the kick up going forward or something like that. But um, I just like watching him, so I thought I'd mention him there. And it's just good to see him put a uh, good fantasy score up. Um, let's move on to the Crows Melbourne game. This was actually a pretty exciting game in the end. Did you watch this yeah. one? Uh, no, this was another one I caught on the radio, and it was a pretty good video. I actually saw the last quarter, but um, yeah, yeah listen to, to it on the radio, and yeah, it was much on the whole game as well, which was a nice, a nice thing. It would have been a good contest to have seen. Pretty poor um, fantasy game for the Crows in general, though, with Isaac Rankin being there only a hundred uh, scoring, it was hundred on the dot, and that was on the back of kicking three goals and then pinging a hammy in the last quarter yeah. as well. So I don't know, do, is this? Did you think it was just a conditions things, or do you think that the injuries that the Crows have at the moment are stopping them from possessing the footy as much. Do you have any thoughts on the way this game was played? Yeah, it's interesting because obviously, well, Rory Laird's the big one that was out. Um, and then you see that Dawson, he was a sub-100 scorer as well. So yeah. that wasn't, which is probably his first one for a bloody long time, I reckon. Yeah. Um, in that, yet in saying that too, Dawson still had 11 tackles. It's just the disposal count would have been a fair... Um, would have been down, I would have said, in total there for that game. Of, I so. felt like there was just less marks. Like, they, they just didn't have as much of the possession. Like, they would find the footy. And yeah. It could have been, like, again, the wet conditions. But it was definitely, like, just when they had it, they were kind of just kicking it forward and then it would come back a fair bit. And, um, yeah, like, Jordan Dawson, for example, I think he only had two marks when he's usually good for, you know, seven yeah. or eight type thing. So, um, uh, there's a bit of that going on and just not possessing the footy. I'm hoping this was just a... Um, like a bad game for the Crows fantasy-wise and it's not an indicator of anything going forward. Um, but we'll have to wait and see what happens in the showdown this week because Porter traditionally a hard team to score against as well. Now, I know Crows are probably, you know, going to struggle now to make the eight or whatever off the back of this, but it was a little bit um, one of those real finals-type games where – and. Stats in finals, and you'd probably be better at finding that information than me, but fantasy points in general are down in finals, and that's what's almost happening with some of these games where it is that uh, that elimination final-like feel because some of these teams are, are playing to win those to stay in there, and so that's what it's like, I reckon. Yeah, they get a bit more defensive, and um, yeah, they don't take as many risks and things like that, and it doesn't cough up as much points as well. Um all right, so we'll move on to a couple of Melbourne players. Um, actually, no, we'll keep on the Crows theme, actually. Uh, Harry Schomburg, uh, 84 yeah. points, 13 CBAs. So he looked like, I guess, Matt Crouch came in as well, but with Laird out, um, he probably wouldn't have got a run otherwise. Uh, now, I, I heard Roy say on the uh, DT Talk Patreon last night that Laird might not be seen again if they're out of contention. What's the go there? Yeah, it's interesting. That's Yeah, well, that's what Roy's mail is, and yeah. I don't like to question Roy and his uh, He's his generally pretty spot on. Yeah. 
He has been pretty good with them. Um, so, yeah, it sounds like if it was, yeah, I think basically the quote was something along the lines of it was early in the season, he's probably missing four weeks, but the finals hopes um, and obviously the showdown this week's a big one, but I'm tipping he's not going to be there. If that's the case, um, yeah, if it's apparently a four-week injury and now they've lost that game, yeah, it's it's tough, which might be good for Schoenberg and then maybe also Matty Crouch. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. So if Laird's missing, they might you know, collectively pick up the slack there. Um, so owners of them would be pretty happy. And if you own Laird in your keep legs, he's generally a captain option um, most mm. week. It might be getting a bit dicey heading the finals. Definitely. And I am a Laird owner in uh, – I'm sitting top – I had the week off, sitting top of the ladder in one league. Um, and, yeah, now I might not have him for <laughs> finals. So that's a bit uh, scary to think about. But I do have Matt Crouch on my bench. So that might work out okay. Um Cozzy Pickett, uh, going to him, so he's just picked up his midfield time in the last few weeks. I've noticed nothing huge, but just a few CBAs here and there. Had 93 points in a game that was largely in Melbourne's control. Kicked two goals. Do you think he's ever going to break the mould of like that semi-reliable forward, or can he become like a decent fantasy option? We've had hope, and even at the start of the season we did. I think he was suspended round one, wasn't he? Yep. Well, he got suspended in round one yep. uh, and had the midfield time there, had a good ton, I think it was, in that as well. So, yeah, it's just going to be in and out, bits and pieces and that sort of thing, and that's why it's probably not going to have that reliable sort of thing that we'd really want from him. But um, it's obviously someone that is um, capable of scoring pretty well. Yeah, definitely. He's one you definitely want to own in your forward line. Like, he gets drafted every year. He's probably like a, a player, though, in our competition where we only keep 16. He's the type that would get put back each year, and you just he goes to a new club each year and plays a role in the forward yep. line type thing. But, um, yeah, handy one to have when he does put up decent scores like this. Um, on to the last game of the round, uh, Marcus Winhager. Um, what did you make of his game? He scored 114 points. It wasn't really like a close tagging job, though, was it? No, he's sort of on a half-back, basically, and yeah. was able to do as he pleased. So um, I think that he yeah, he's a great player. I think he's definitely in their future and he's now got his spot there. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how they do use him moving forward because tags obviously is a part of his game. Um, so, you know, what does he do this week? Uh, they've got the Hawks this week. Uh, we've been bagging out Calvin because he has both Sicily and Windhager and saying, oh, they're just going to both play on each other this week. But, um, yeah, I don't know. If that half-back role is his thing, then that's where points can flow as well. He's got all aspects of his game too. Like, he, like disposal numbers will always be pretty good. He tackles um, all of that as well. So, like, he had nine marks on the weekend. Like, that's that would probably be a season high, I'm tipping. So, yeah. um, that and that's basically about that role because where he's not getting that, he might be making those up in the tackles because he only had the two tackles this week. But, yeah, to have 30 touches is huge. And that's a little bit of that Saints um, half-back line where you've got Wanganine Miller, you've got um, Sinclair when he's not in the midfield. That's what he's rolling with and they're able to rack up a little bit like that. Yeah, definitely. Now, if owners of him would be pretty wrapped with the way he's finished this season. So, um, given that he's got forward status at the moment, that's not going to stay. But sure. might be lucky to get a cheeky defender status if uh, things go keep going that yeah, way. It may not be enough. It may no. not be enough data for that yet. I don't think and so that, either. That's be the frustrating thing, though. Like you, you probably. Oh, it's going to be depending on obviously what you're holding each year. But it'll be an interesting. Um, sort of player I reckon 
if you do hold him and hope for that and if you're feeling like there could be that halfback role into the future and he can gain that defender status, yeah, it's going to be a, a tight one. But if he keeps putting up tons like he's done the last couple of weeks, it'll be... Uh, you want to keep him. I feel like just because he's such an effective tagger that when they do want to roll the tag, he'll be the guy and he'll yo-yo a bit throughout his career, I think. But yeah, you yo-yo, but you always have that little faith. I think it's when you are yeah. an owner, you've got a glass half full of thinking, oh yeah, there's the tackles then. Yeah. That's where yeah, true. double yeah, tackles for you. Um, <laughs> moving on to the North players to finish it off. Uh, Will Phillips had 94 points. He had the most CBAs for North, mm. I think. Maybe that might have been outside of Goldstein, but... Um, He's, do you think it's just like benefiting from Simkin out, and or do you, what do you think of him happening? Like, cause I think Simkin's going to miss a few weeks. Like, there's no timeline for his return with the concussion stuff. Yeah. But long term, like he's still probably behind like LDU, Simkin, Wardlaw. There's probably another one I'm missing in there as well. But what do you think he is long term? Yeah, he's probably yeah that maybe fourth banana or so along yeah. there. Which I don't know. Are his tricks good enough elsewhere? Because they're, they're going to have to be playing him. That's the thing, I think, with um, he's yeah, what was he? Was he pick three? Yeah, four, I think, or something. Yeah. Pretty highly regarded, though. Yeah, and that's it. And, like, he um, can play. And we liked his fantasy numbers as a kid as well. He's one of those COVID kids as well, which it sort of sucks for those guys. Like, And then he had glandular fever yeah, as well. Yeah, missed all last so year. He's had a pretty um, rough start. And so... For him to be doing what he's sort of done this year in a few of these games as well, I think it's only a positive thing for him. So um, your mate Kane Corns has been harsh on him a little bit as well. So um, bloody Port Adelaide, that's the issue, I reckon. Um, but yeah, and North Melbourne for Kane, I reckon that's another another part of that. But yeah, I do like um, I do like what he can bring, but he's going to have to be um, a midfielder. So it might be that some of those other guys have these other things because you're going to say that North Melbourne's starting ruck for round one next year will be ex airy into um, Simpkin, Davies Uniac and Wardlaw. You'd think that'd be the that's what their preferred midfield would look like. Would you agree? Yeah, 100%. So that's why I'm a little bit concerned for him despite him putting some good numbers. Um, just on Kane Corns, uh, please don't assume that every Porter that's a Porter is on board with Kane Corns. Um, I have Sorry. Twitter, Twitter beef with him as uh, with the best of them. Probably not as good as you, actually. He did slide into your DMs to abuse you at one stage, I think. But, uh, <laughs> I don't believe that. That's a good one. I've got to keep that screenshot forever, I think, because he's unfollowed me now. He followed me on Twitter. Yeah. slid into my DMs at one stage. Tell me, basically, gave me his phone number if you want to talk to me about it. I'm sick of seeing you <laughs> tweets, and I think I tweeted him twice in six months or something. It's just because one of them got a shitload of likes and uh, comments on it. That was a uh, that was his issue, I think. Well, I still want your uh, DT talk punishment to be uh, to give him a call, like you did the Rocky yeah. the other week. <laughs> Yeah, maybe that's a grand final one end of season. <laughs> that's a big one. <laughs> anyway, um, moving on to the last few players. Um, Darcy Tucker at 87 points. Uh, plays an outside role and just puts up some good scores. He's pretty much doing the exact same thing at North as he's doing at Frio. So I'm not sure. He seems like one of those kind of transition players that like when a club's kind of rebuilding, he'll be there for a bit, but I'm just not sure of his long-term job security. Do you think that's fair? Yeah, I just totally agree with that. I think it's just, yeah, one of those things that's going to be hard. Up and down scores, not really going to be something that you can um, bank on because at any time he could be out. But then again, they traded for him. So hopefully yeah, they want him. Yeah. yeah. Um, Tristan Cherry, um, 85 points. I was a bit worried about him with Goldstein in the side. Um, but to score 85, playing a dual ruck kind of combo, doing his job. Um, yeah, I think I should just make him too good for the podcast because I think next year he's going to explode. Well, and he's not going to be available anyway. Yeah, okay. 
What's that's that? it. You're, you're biding your time for next year. You're just waiting for him to uh, say goodbye to Goldie and then he'll be right. But that's a pretty epic return to score 85 with Goldie next to him. So, yeah, um, yeah I think that's, yeah, you're just going to be laughing next year if you're an ex-Airy owner. 100%. Last one of the round is uh, Josh Goda. He scored uh, 68 points. Um, he's just a player I like the look of. Um, got involved in the halfback kind of play. Took a few good marks as well back there as well. Do you have any thoughts about Goda? Yeah, I guess everyone is a fantasy classic one too where he had such a good, uh, was it final round last year where he dominated yeah, he there. And so um, that probably got us on the radar of a few people. But yeah, he's just another one, I guess. It might be a couple of years away from seeing his true potential. But yeah, I think he's, he's someone that will... Uh, um, will be on our radars within the next couple of years. Players like him have been like the death of Jack Zebel and Aaron yep. Hall and that coming in now, haven't they? They've got to be looking to that future, don't they? That's a, that's what it's all about. <laughs> about for um, for the Roos and, yeah, we'll see what they look like. It's it's going to be a, a big season next year for them, for us for fantasy, I think, just looking exactly what they do this off-season, who they cull, uh, the big <laughs> Roo cull, as it might be. I'm sure that'll be used in a bloody yeah, headline somewhere yeah. at some point. But, um, but that's, uh, yeah, just what that looks like. And then what a best 22 is going to look like for, yeah, for, for sure. 2024. Anyways, that's uh, it for the most relevant players of the week. Uh, if you want to support the podcast, though, uh, you can show your support by becoming a member. Um, if you do come up and uh, sign up as a member, we will give back to our members by giving them CBA analysis numbers, kick-in numbers, um, State League fantasy scores, and the breakout tracker. Um, the last time you guys were in Adelaide, Warnie, I was talking to uh, Cal- Calvin and um, – I was saying I knew he knew, used um, some of our numbers and stats because actually on one of the podcasts, <laughs> he actually said, um, I'm just waiting for the Keeper League to load. And <laughs> there we go over there. So I just thought that was pretty funny. But so you guys use the stats a bit. for No, nah, it's good. Cow does love it. He uh, he does work hard on that too. And he does love your work as I do. Hef, it's very uh, It's good to see. It's just stuff. good to see you guys actually using the numbers. And, um, you know, it's, it's useful out there for the fantasy community. So it's just good to see. Um, but each week uh, I read out some gold members' names. So thank you this week to uh, Stephen Serples, Jared Dane, uh, Benjo McSwain, uh, Jake Ashton, Ashton, uh, Scott Ramadan, uh, Michael Ford, Alex Rog, Patrick Lahalia, uh, Lennon Berman, and Daniel Tomlins. I actually met Patrick Lahalia at Gather Round. Uh, came down and he sent us a message and asked if we wanted nice. a beer and really good bloke. So yeah, uh, g'day to Patrick if you're listening. Nice to see some uh, familiar names there that you interact on social media and stuff with, which is cool. I think that's a yeah, great thing about no, the community. Good to, um, yeah. And just catch up with people when you're in their hometown and things like that as well. It's always good fun. Anyways, let's get on to some questions. Um, More Tarted asks, uh, finals is fast approaching. Uh, do you have any stash options, third year breakouts, trending up, trade rumors uh, for better opportunities? I'm not across the trade rumors a lot. I try. I tend to stay away from non-fantasy mm. media, really. I don't know. It just, it just it does my head in most of the time. So I try to not to put my head in. It. But players I like for stash options, um, uh, Harvey Gallagher is my boy and I'm hoping he gets a uh, debut by the end of the year because he's put up a good VFL performance last week. I'm not sure how he went this week, but I reckon I would have heard about it if it was any good. Um, Ed Allen's another player that I like. Uh, he's at Collingwood. He's going to take a while to get in. Same with Jacob Ryan, both fantasy um, types. And I think Harry Barnett is going to be a good Ruckman um, for the West Coast Eagles post Nick Nat. It's going to be interesting what happens with Bailey Williams, but there's some players I like. Any young players that catch your eyes that may not have broken out yet? For me, um, yeah, I guess it's a it's a tough one. It's a- what about your boy Sardis? I guess he's probably really well known, but I think he had another big week. He's Yeah, he's probably the most well known and we're all waiting for it. And then, yeah. Um, Will he get a game? 
depends on what happens, I guess, in the next week or two for the Bombers to see if they do just put him in. Um, but, yeah, in, in a way, we sort of hope that he doesn't play for next year, <laughs> yeah. although Keeper League, it doesn't really matter because we want to see what he looks like um, to get in there. But he would be one you'd stash. Um, in saying that, I'll bang on a little bit about the Bombers having a very stacked midfield. It's, uh, it's going to be probably a, a slow fantasy start to his career, though, because of the role that he might play is going to be the thing. It's a little bit like Hobbs, I guess. So um, seeing Hobbs in last year and basically playing as a forward pocket for most of the time and then we saw what he could do this year with his um, with the midfield time and the role that actually suited him. But, but, you know, where that's gone to now, he's not really getting the same clock now as what he did previously. So, um, yeah, it might just be a bit of a, a slow burn for Sardis, but he's going to be a gun like his VFL numbers, as you can find <laughs> on keeperleaguepod.com.au. Um, you can see that he's had an epic start to the uh, start to his career as, at yeah, the Bombers sure. in the um, VFL. I guess like, on the weekend, Nick was that Nick Cox's first game that he come back in for? Yeah, it was since um, I saw the stat or something like since round seven last year. I thought it was a while, but that blew me away when it was uh, when I saw it was yeah. like, since round seven. So yeah, he um, it took it took a yeah. bit to find his feet, I think, and he's going to be as they might say better for the run. But um, yeah, he's another one that you could be thinking about like that. Um, it's just I was more so thinking about the debut for Sardis. It might be because they do play that kind of wing role yeah, a bit as well, yeah. so you might see that as well if they do a switch around, switch around there. Um, anyway, but yeah, some players that uh, I think are going to break out next year as well are probably Josh Rochelle. I'm a big fan of Goda, so I'm going to throw him in there. I like the look of Brady Hoff, mm. like as a halfback flanker type. If he can kind of just get involved or like, you know, Shannon Hearn retires and there's a spot opens up for him spot, back there. Yeah. yeah. And just I think like they're just going to be I think West Coast are going to have a lot of ball in their defence over the next few years, so he might yeah. be someone to look yeah. at. And Matty Roberts from Sydney is a player that hasn't broken out yet, really. He hasn't put up any huge scores. That I th- I so like promising signs well, from so. him early as well, so yeah, we'll yeah, see what he it. can do. Um, oh, last week uh, at MDub underscore 18 tweeted us asking, um, he was 18 and zip and <laughs> should he lose a game going into finals just to get the monkey off the back and make sure uh, he doesn't lose a game in the finals. He actually lost one on the weekend, so he <laughs> tweeted that us to us. To Perfect. Know, so famous last words, I guess. Um, at Major Van Bam wants to know, oh yeah, wants if line, he wants to know if Lions will come in for Ashcroft. We've talked about it earlier. We think DevRob might be an option, but it's probably going to be Lions. But um, yeah, I guess we talked about this a bit too, but who do you think comes in for Ridley this week? Yeah, so I don't think they'll do the Baldwin thing. It's really going to be a tough thing to work out what they do. Is it a bit of a shuffle? Do they go lighter there? I'm not sure. Um, Wiedemann. What do they do yep. with him? Because he's in the Magoos at the moment. So, um, yeah, do they flick around? I, yeah. I, I don't know what they're going to do. It's going to be <laughs> interesting. We've got the uh, – we do have the better Scott, so he's a coaching genius. So, um, we'll see what he might come up with. Um, yeah, I'm the, there's just a few things that – the Bombers do a few different things along the way. And the, the one that I wouldn't really want to happen um, is – seen Kyle Langford go back because he's just been so good as a forward but that's he can sometimes be that plug and play guy at times so I'm not sure yeah. exactly what they might do there but yeah see if Wiedemann came in he yeah I don't know it's going to be it I'm Thursday night I'm just keeping my toes watch. crossed for uh, Massimo D'Ambrosio that's all I want to happen yep. not let's sure go there will, but <laughs> <laughs> and um, 
Uh, Arnim Mikey wants to know, uh, would you look at getting Carl Amon now? He has moved to halfback over the last uh, few weeks, week or so, um, and he's averaging 103 from the past three weeks. So he had a shocking start to the year, which is, again, my wingers thing. I hate wingers <laughs> at the moment. They just don't score. Um, but, yeah, what do you think of Amon now? Yeah, if it's a halfback, you are all over that, over a wing role. Um, I guess the, the value may have been lost because if I'm, a, um, I'm selling him at – 103 over the last three, I think I'll be asking for too much, I reckon. But, yeah. Yeah, it's, probably. It's an interesting one because that first start of the year, it depends on how well you sell your story, and that's what any form of draft trade is all about. But, um, I don't know, I feel like people think I'm stitching them up all the time. They think I've got some superior knowledge, which clearly I don't based on my results. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's I get funny. the same. Like, no one wants to trade <laughs> with me, even if I'm being, like, honest and, you know, yeah. and, and I'm just trying to give them the best advice. No one wants to trade. But also as well, like, I hate the um, – just how much time it takes to negotiate. Yeah, I don't have that yeah, much yeah. time. So that's what no trading gets done on my part for the most part. But um, yeah, aim on someone to look at. Uh, he probably won't pay it, play enough in the defence to actually get DPP. No. And who knows what will happen next year as well. So it might be a risky one to bank on it as well. Like he might just go straight back to the wing as like your um, uh, like Connor McDonald and players like that. Um, Josh Ward play more inside time instead of outside time and stuff like that. Um, he might go straight back to that wing eventually. And I noticed they're playing Connor Nash on the wing uh, this week as well. He could easily go back inside and someone replaces him. So, Hawks yeah, are so um, far from settled. It's such a – yeah, I think next year's still going to be very much the same, isn't it? Like they're going to maybe be a bit all over the shop. We don't know, exactly know what they're going to line up like week to week. Yeah, 100%. So – um, look, if you've got, if you, if you can get him cheaply, yeah. um, if you can get him for his average, what his average suggests, cause he's probably better than what his average suggests anyway. So that's, I'd say yes, but I wouldn't just sell the farm for it anyway. Anyways, we might wrap it up for this week. Uh, thanks Warney for jumping on. Um, I'd ask, do you have anything to plug, but I know what you do. You've got your DT talk, um, yep. website and you've also got your Patreon content there and the traders each week on afl.com.au two shows a week there. Yeah, um, a few weeks definitely ago, get on the Patreon stuff like, um, I've I've enjoyed it so much. The dares on Sunday, night, it's my it's my go to. Like as soon as I finish watching the uh, as soon as I finish watching the Sunday game, I start doing my podcast uh, research and have that on in the background. It's just so funny to uh, funny to watch. It's a bit of a an uncut thing though as well. So like I have to be wary of like where my putting my four year old to bed if <laughs> yeah. at the same time because I can't really have it on because <laughs> well, it's a bit more. Uh, guess that was the purpose words. of it a bit in the way. It was a bit of going yeah. back to the old school. There wasn't really that sun. There isn't that Sunday night content to. Continue. Yeah. So we thought we'd do that in in probably the fun way of doing that as well. Like we're not getting too deep into our research at that point and, um, you know, it's a bit of a, a way to catch up. And what it's actually done for us for our, um, our official stuff, our AFL stuff, is that we've actually had a chance to sit down for an hour and talk shit about the weekend and um, and do that uh, over over some beers and, and probably learning and understanding a little bit more. But doing it in what was pretty much how we started the whole thing bloody 17 years ago. Nah, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I think it's been a great addition to, um, I guess, the DT Talk brand and all your content. And uh, yeah, highly recommend it for uh, anyone out there. Just want to say as well, we'll um, drop, drop a few fish. less F-bombs then maybe. Yeah, maybe. No, <laughs> F-bombs are fine. I'll just turn it down a bit. It's fine. Um, I'm just going to say fillet of fish, sardines and anchovies. I like all three. I'll eat, I'll eat them all. Yeah, so. so you're one of those people. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that's the thing. That's probably those things or fuss is the... Uh, 
it's just probably us as humans just not wanting to touch it. Like Calvin will put anything into his body. He chooses Philadelphia fish. If we're out and coming home at two a.m., that's what he's picking up from that twenty-four hour McDonald's. So yeah, yeah see, I think right. they're not my go-to, but I, I don't find them disgusting. I'll, I'll eat them. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, out, out, of, those, out of those three things too, I reckon I would have taken the Philadelphia fish out over the sand, <laughs> yeah, sardines and anchovies. <laughs> I don't to see what's next, but uh, anyway, anyways, um, get around us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok uh, at Keeper League Pod on all those platforms. Uh, make sure you get around our sponsors, Game Day Squad, for both. Uh, Keeper League and DT Talk. They're great supporters of both those uh, platforms. And also, if you want to support the podcast further, uh, please sign up as a member and keep the show going from week to week. Anyways, uh, thanks, Warney. Uh, thanks for joining us and talk to you soon. Thanks, F. You're a legend. Hit stop. Yep.